Hello, welcome to Momming on the Go. This is Rachel. Today, my friend Ira and her husband Ivan share what they did when they heard the first explosions from their home in Kiev in the early morning of February 24 and how they are processing what is going on. I am humbled by their bravery in sharing this part of their story, and I am honored to be able to share it here. Oh Lord God, we praise you because you are worthy. We thank you for giving us grace and mercy, and we ask you, God, for peace. I ask for the hearts of Ira, Ivan, and the people of Ukraine to be filled anew with courage. May they see you and cling to you in ways they have not seen you before. Renew their minds and their bodies, God. May the people of Ukraine and the world look at my brothers and sisters in you who are in Ukraine and see your glory. Amen. Without further ado, here are Ira and Ivan. We're a family of three. We live in Kyiv, it's the capital of Ukraine. On uh, the February of 24th, we woke up early in the morning at 5 a.m. because we heard uh, distant explosions. And uh, we knew right away that the new invasion of Russia just uh, started. Uh, we knew that because uh, for Two weeks before that, we we were live, living in uh, constant anticipation and fear that every day it can happen. The war wasn't something new uh, because uh, the war, the Russian war against Ukraine, it began eight years ago in the year 2014 after the Maidan uprising. Since then, uh, we lost Crimea and parts, uh, eastern parts of our country to occupation, uh, Russian occupation, and we were a part of a small church. It's one of the network of uh, Churches of Christ brothers and sisters from Donetsk, that's the city uh, that was occupied in 2014. They fled from there eight years ago and they were, uh, the whole church, uh, they were staying at our church building. And we learned from them what it means to be uh, refugees, although Probably we didn't uh, understand them completely. Unfortunately, now we do. What uh, it means when your hometown is being shelled and you you have to just leave everything behind, your home behind, and and leave and flee. Thankfully, Iris' grandma lives in a village quite far from Kyiv and it's a small village. There's um, nothing uh, of importance for Russian forces uh, here. So it's not being shelled or anything. And we fled to this place. Uh, 
and we've been staying here since just because um, for, for now we, we see it as a safe place of course it's a, a relatively safe place since uh, the missiles which russians uh, shoot from the most uh, southern part of ukraine they uh, reach the most uh, northern part of ukraine or they can reach the most western part of our country as well uh, we can hear uh, sometimes we can hear distant explosions uh, sometimes we can hear uh, fighter jets uh, flying very low and you can hear them quite well there are also the local guys uh, where they joined um, the I don't know, militia, I guess, formation to be prepared if invaders, uh, if Russians will be coming here. So every town, every city, every village in, in, in Ukraine is now uh, forming those uh, groups of militia just to fight uh, off or to... Every, every village puts up uh, checkpoints so that's the reality we live in now. Maybe Ira can add some some more because, of course, um, we can we can tell different stuff. Uh, like we didn't want to uh, wake up our little son. He didn't hear anything on the twenty fourth. And then we somehow we were supposed to explain to him what's what's going on. Can you share, mm -hmm. please? Yeah. So um, since the war started eight years ago, every every night before going to bed, we would pray with our son, and we would be praying for the army and for civilians who who need to live through war. So. It was, it was something that was going on in our country for a while. In early February, when we saw more and more Russian troops gathering around the borders of Ukraine, everyone knew that the threat is getting more serious. And uh, our son's school, they decided to go online two weeks before the war because they thought that it would be safer for kids to stay home with their parents. And many families, they also left the city to go further west or to even go abroad to be safe. When you, uh, when you live in this um, anxiety and anticipation, in a way, it's a relief when, when something actually starts uh, because you don't, you no longer live in fear that it may happen and you no longer live in fear what if i'm not home or what if what if my kid is away from home because those were the the things we had to think about and those were the plans we had to come up with weeks before the war actually started so we were we would uh, talk and discuss what we would do if i was at work or if our son was at school, what we would do if there was no cell phone reception, what we would do if there was no way of uh, getting around the city. So there were so many questions that you didn't have answers to, but somehow you had to be ready. 
So when we heard explosions at 5 a.m., we were both prepared and unprepared at the same time because we were hoping and praying that this would not happen. But we knew that we have to pack and we knew that we had to leave just to make sure that our child is safe. We put our clothes and, you know, the basic things we would need. Our son, he was still asleep, but he saw us packing and uh, that's what actually woke him up. And he was, he got worried what happened. We told him that uh, Russia decided to start a bigger war on a bigger scale because um, that was something that he would understand. Kyiv is a large city. Usually, population of Kyiv was three or four million people. Of course, there were those who left city before the war started. But on that morning, there were many people still in the city and they would be packing their stuff stuff and leaving. What actually surprised me, when when I was thinking about war before that, I was wondering if there would be chaos in the street, if people would be just panicking and trying to mm, just running for their lives. But what surprised me was an atmosphere of, like, there was something calm about what people were doing. It's like everyone knew what was going on. Everyone was mentally prepared for it um, because there was no panic. People would be standing in lines to get money from ATM. People would be um, standing in lines to get to the store or pharmacy and get the supplies they need in preparation for what may come. No one was breaking traffic rules and people would still stop at stoplights. I don't know if that was something, you know, the complete chaos was something that I was fearing, something that could happen when the war started. But I guess we were more prepared than we think. As we were leaving Kyiv, we had our son's school. He goes to a Christian school and they messaged us and they suggested having an online prayer meeting for the students and for parents, for whoever could join. It was such a blessing to know that when you don't know what to expect, when you don't know where you're going, and when you have complete uncertainty, but there is something certain in your life, you know that you can come to God and He would hear. Even though all of us, we were in different places in various degree of safety, but all of us could come and pray. And uh, that was something that gave me peace, even as we were just in our car. That's uh, one of the things that probably encouraged us to start our own prayer group for our church. That's actually, it was Vanya's idea. I like to think that it was the uh, God's idea. He put it uh, on our hearts. And with this encouragement from this uh, school prayer, uh, we saw that how encouraging and just uh, to know that your friends they are safe and just uh, to have someone to uh, talk to and pray with uh, that's important so our church uh, we offered uh, just to to start praying actually uh, we we thought about starting a prayer chain even before 
because uh, we actually had already done this in our church since there were some other uh, upheavals in our country before and uh, in our church for example there was a person severely ill it's a small church and we just have a prayer chain so that that we pass on this prayer to each other and and just keep praying constantly and of course when uh, when it was the war began in 2014 we also had uh, a prayer chain so uh, we were thinking about it about it for some time i thought that probably that's what we should start doing and i was almost ready to to message uh, our brothers and sisters from the church so we we just did and uh, decided that it would be good to just in this prayer chain also have two meetings throughout the day just uh, two uh, prayers uh, where, where, where we all gather together online online of course because <laughs> everyone was um, uh, trying to leave or yeah probably just trying to leave or staying everyone everyone had to decide for themselves yeah thank god for internet <laughs> for technology we we could meet online and uh, pray and uh, now uh, we see how how important that is and was um, God is showing us, uh, we pray for the victory for our uh, troops, uh, we pray for safety of our people, we pray that the enemy will be confused and the um, their guns and missiles would not work. And uh, we read the answers to our prayers, God writes them in, in the official news we read them in news uh, outlets and uh, we, we read that 60% uh, of uh, Russian missiles, they uh, do not detonate or they have some problems with them, that uh, they have a, quite a number of outdated um, artillery or, or something like that, that actually also uh, God showed us right away he remind us, reminded us in this prayer group uh, of those stories in the Old Testament uh, when uh, God asked the people of Israel to reduce their army and he constantly tried to show them that that's not them who are fighting but he is fighting and it's, it's his victory, he will provide the victory not the strength of their weapon and that's actually the uh, the idea behind the david and goliath story and which is uh, kind of everyone is comparing ukraine and russia to david and goliath being uh, ukraine being much smaller than russia and having much smaller army and and military so uh, we stand by these words uh, from Zechariah that not not by our might not by our strength but by God's spirit we will win and God is showing us he's uh, showing us even 
how he uses the forces of nature <laughs> against the enemy where uh, this spring is unusually cold uh, there was a lot of snow and uh, it's uh, very windy we also heard, heard news about this wind causing problem yeah and uh, waves uh, at, at the sea not not allowing the uh, enemy warships to uh, to come to the shore all things like that and um, I think it's also so important that we have these prayer meetings because uh, our church right now is scattered all across Ukraine or even other countries some of our close friends they still they're still in Kiev. They live through number of air raids and every day. They hear and they see explosions that are really close to their homes. And some of our close friends have their family members living in other cities of Ukraine who were under heavy shelling or who were besieged. They wouldn't be able to have contact with them. So... Having this prayer group is something that helps us be strong and to have peace of God, knowing that when the times are uncertain, knowing that when we don't know what's going on, we may not know what's going on with our family members or our close friends, but God is still in control. And He's the one who knows what will happen he was not taken by surprise when uh, Russia decided to start this uh, large-scale uh, war against Ukraine. I am sure that God knows when we will win, so we pray that he would help us remain faithful and that he would help us trust him and know that he did not abandon us, that he is with us, even, even when times are hard. We also trust that God would help us not surrender to fear and not surrender to hatred when we see so many terrible things happening around us. Because um, that's something that we are trying to preserve. We are, we are trying to remain human when we, we see su such terrible things happening around us. Even though this war is hard for everyone it's also hard to think or to see how it affects kids because our son he is almost eight years old and he doesn't hear lots of news but he still he knows enough and his thoughts are very profound and when you hear him talking to his classmates or to his new friend who also had to flee Kiev. When you, when you hear their conversations, you understand that kids are processing this on their own level. Like there was this girl who was wondering if she would have to take the same year in school again because the war started and so they do not have any classes. So she's wondering if she would remain in the same class two years in a row. There were kids who were, who had to leave their homes, and like our son, he was asking, asking if we'll come home, just knowing that uh, 
knowing that kids have such questions, knowing that they shouldn't have such questions, is uh, really hard. But uh, it's also so important to give our kids this, uh, to share with them this peace that we can have from God and teach them to trust Him and trust in His goodness. That's something that we learn ourselves every day. We learn uh, to see the, how God answers, how He is active, He is not idle. Yeah, that, that's, that's what sustains us. That's what moves us forward, lets us uh, actually live in His uh, victory. Because we, we know that this uh, current war is just a manifestation of a greater warfare for uh, people's uh, hum human hearts uh, is, is going on. We know that when there is peace in Ukraine, one day there will be still this war going on and we, we still be, uh, will need to be alert, be ready to work for the Kingdom of God. Another thing that we learn is to really appreciate what you have and be thankful for every single blessing because uh, when we are relatively safe today, we thank God for it. When we have enough food and water, we thank God for it because we know many people who don't have it. When we have electricity, you know, and so many other things that we take for granted. You know, we have clothes and a place to live, uh, we have beds, all of those things that are part of everyday life, things that we take for granted. But we, uh, we know people who don't have all of those now in Ukraine. It just makes us even more thankful to God for everything that He gives us. Yeah, so to close, we would ask you to pray. Some are, uh, well, a lot of our friends, they would say from abroad, they, they would say that the prayer is the only thing we can kind of do. It's a small thing, and we would answer each one of them that it's not a small thing. It's a very big part of what's going on. So um, please pray. Pray for, for Ukraine. Thank you. Thank you.